Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. iPads, whatever you use. Ready? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Lord, we surrender unto your word today, Father. Those things that may make us uncomfortable, we do not release them or remove them, Father, but we take them and ask that your word would renew our minds, that it would change our hearts, that it would wash us with the water of the word, Lord, we prepare ourselves today, Father, to receive your holy, holy, life-changing word. Father, I pray that I would be invisible in the midst of what you have for your body today, for your church, and that you would use me as an instrument, and they would be your words and not my own. And Lord, as it said that Peter spoke the words And as he spoke the words of people, the Holy Spirit fell upon the people who heard them. I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would help us to not just understand, but to stand under your word. We love you. We praise you. Once again, we surrender in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen. So we're right in the middle of, um, I don't don't know if I can call it a series, but we're we're just... stuck on faith, and we're going to stay there until the Lord says so. So uh, we've been preaching faith, and uh, I did a a series called Faith 4, and um, uh, I kind of went back to that, went through my notes, and and changed some things up, added some things. I've studied some new things. So uh, even though it has the same title, those of you who have been around long enough or even gone to our YouTube uh, page, you'll see uh, another series. I don't know if Gus removed it or not, but uh, it could stay there. It's fine. You could put a different date on next to it so we know which is which, but it's called Faith for. So today we're on Faith for Prosperity. Next week we'll be on Faith for Healing, and we've got like two or three more of those that we will uh, uh, continue in as far as the preaching. In August, I believe it's uh, the 14th, August 14th, uh, is a Sunday. We're going to have... Um, Pastor Sean Larabo will be here with us, yes. and uh, he is one of my, my pastors. He's on our board, him and Pastor Fred, and uh, they, they're on the board here for the church. I don't make any large financial decisions. I don't do anything that has to do with my benefits or my salary or anything like that. Uh, they do all that. Now, could I have done that on my own? I could have, but it's very dangerous ground. So uh, it's very important. It's better to be under authority than to be in authority. Yeah. And uh, I want you to know that we are. And we're also under the umbrella of the Rama Ministerial Association International, RMAI. And uh, every year they get all our books. They get everything. So does our board. And they get to look through it. And if they find anything, they let us know, hey, this doesn't look right. Or we haven't had that happen yet, thank God. Uh, but uh, we do have somebody that oversees this ministry, again, because... I'm just a, I'm a, a member of this church, but I'm also the pastor of the church. The Bible says that the, the new wine is in the cluster. And in the Old Testament, it wasn't like that. It was the big grape, Moses, Abraham, David, right? It was the big grape, the prophets, Elijah, Daniel, the big grape. And the raisins would come, and he would shoot a little juice on the raisins, and then they would go off and come back. But it was all about the big man, the big grip. That changed when Jesus uh, 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 went to heaven and sent us the helper. 
and he created the church in the book of Acts. And when he created the church in the book of Acts, it was about all of us being part of the body of Christ, for we all have a, 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 a purpose in the body of Christ. So uh, everything changed then. We're no longer about the big grape. It's about the cluster. Us together will cause the new wine to come down. And I'm telling you, we're right in the verge of, of these things happening. So um, be ready for it. Pray about it. And then do something about it, because faith without works is dead. So faith for prosperity. You know, the, I'm gonna, the first part, I'm going to kind of uh, joke around it a little bit, and then we'll get a little more serious, because what has happened with this message of prosperity, uh, and I understand the motive, I understand the, the reasons for some of the things that were taught uh, back during the prosperity movement. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And they were all on TV, and they, you know they're they're asking for money, and they're talking about the whole church being rich and and all that. Let me tell you something: if you're here this morning, you drove your car or even rode a bike in here, and you have a roof over your head, uh, uh, you're already richer than 98 percent of the rest of the world. Yes. So we need to have a little bit more perspective uh, of where we're at and what prosperity actually means. So, but there has to be a balance. Now, in some uh, uh, denominations, we have poverty is right next to holiness right. and godliness. Right. That's not true. Right. Okay? And, and I could tell you that because of the people that God chose in the Old Testament. Abraham was one of the richest men in the, in the, in the world at the time and gave up everything, lived in a tent out in the desert, and then became even richer than he was before. Job, everybody likes that book, right? That's a great book. It's, it's a book of job. Everyone should get one, right? Yeah. So if you don't work, you don't eat. So they wrote a whole book about it, the book of job. But Job lost everything. And it, but we always, that's all we think about. And then if you see at the end, because he made God look good. Yes. That was the purpose. He made God look good. And what happened? He ended up more prosperous and more blessed than he ever was before. So God's not against people having things. He's against things having people. Yes. Yes. If you get anything else today, get that one. Yes. The rich young ruler, I'm just setting you up right now. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and says, how do I inherit heaven? And he says, well, you've got to follow the commandments and you've got to do this. He goes, oh, I already follow all the commandments. You know what that meant? That meant that he followed all the commandments, including tithes and offerings. He was already a tither. So he says, well, sell everything you have and give it to the church. That's not what he said. You guys should have corrected me like right away. He says, sell everything you have and give it to me. He didn't do that either. Sell everything you have and take the money and give it to the, the poor. What was Jesus after? His money? No. He was after his heart. And he says, his response was, you don't know how much I have. That word have changes that whole thing because we have it translated into English. That word have means that he is married to his money. He made a covenant with his riches. Not, so his riches had him. Man, you know, if you're married, you belong to her. I don't know why it doesn't work the other way around, but that's just the way it is. All right? <laughs> We are the head of the household, but they are the neck. They turn us any way they want, right? <laughs> There's a balance there. I'm not going to do marriage today, but we'll do that. Faith for marriage, we'll do that another time. But uh, we need to have a balance. Not to be poor, but also not to be greedy, right. right? God meets our need, not our greed. So, so the message of prosperity has been so misbranded. And I have another, another word on this. It's called uh, This Is That. I have another series called This Is That. And uh, we, we uh, try to deal with all the misconceptions that the world has with the church. And uh, I'm in the process of putting some notes together. And I've been doing this for about a, a year and a half. And, and uh, everybody's been encouraging me to finally do it. And I think I'm going to finally obey. But uh, I'm writing a book. And I want it to be uh, 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 Why Church? going to answer a question, why church, especially in this generation? And I want to write it. See, I could write it as a Christian and write it to the church, and, and, and I think it would be much easier. But I want to write it in a way that the world can read it, Amen. and that we can 
that I can tell the world that the things that they see and the things that they're feeling about the church are our fault. And it's okay that they feel those things, but it's not okay that they stay there, right? Because we're not all created equal, <laughs> right? We've had people come and say, oh, we've been to your kind of churches before, and you're not all created equal. I was like, well, thank the Lord that we're, you know, we don't get it all right here, but we do our best. So the message of prosperity has been misbranded. Now, I told you that because you can go to those that says this is that, and it talks about uh, money, it talks about worship, it talks about the Holy Spirit, it talks about all those things that, the, the, you know, when, when you ask somebody to come to church, oh, they just want your money. Well, I deal with that. This is that, right? So uh, a lot of people have given up on Christianity altogether and refused to even step foot in a church because of some of these messages. Some people gave, you know, from their savings and gave a lot of money to the church expecting to become millionaires and become rich because it was what was told to them and nobody did. See, if that word was true and enough of us stood on faith, we'd all be millionaires. But certain people are called to that. Right? Certain people are called to that. So some of the things that happen, and some of you are going to look at me and go, ah, and some of you are going to know what I'm talking about. The name it and claim it. Anybody remember that? Blab it and grab it. I just changed it a little bit to make it funny. Lay your hands on it, and it's yours. Ooh, everybody's ready to do the, the Holy Ghost chicken dance. <laughs> yeah, preach it, Pastor. Right? Go around it seven times, and the Lord will give it to you. Don't laugh so hard, because my wife and I actually did that. <laughs> and in the foolishness of our faith, the Lord gave us the house. <laughs> Now everybody's going to go into these rich millionaire neighborhoods. What are you doing? They're going to call the cops on you. You're going to get arrested. <laughs> I tell you today and today only, if you give $1,000 to my ministry today, you'll get $10,000 in return. Woo! All right. You ever seen this pose? There's, there's these are very cheap. Italian driving shoes, by the way, so I'm not showing anything off. I know they're kind of weird, but I like them. So they stay, you know, you have alligator skin boots and a Rolex. You don't like this pose? Okay. My, my son-in-law's back there going, quit doing that. But they stand there and they ask, you know, and they show these things off to say, you could also have these things. Listen, I don't need a Rolex. I have an iPhone. Who... who I mean, only, I mean, who really, we don't carry watches anymore. What time is it? I've seen guys that you ask what time it is, and they have a watch on, and they'll pull their phone out and look. <laughs> and they have a watch on their wrist. How many of you know that that's not, that's not how God asks for you to be generous? To give, and you'll get this and get that. See, the day that I got blessed financially, and the day that I got blessed by God to be able to live the way that we live, and I'm very I'm very grateful for everything that we have. I, I'm rich. I'm a rich man. I really am. And I'm not saying because my, my bank account is a lot less than 90% of the people in here probably, but, but I'm, I'm blessed. I really am. I have a beautiful, wonderful wife of 32 years. I have three amazing kids. I got four even more amazing grandkids. If I would have known, I would have traded in my kids for grandkids, but uh, you, know, you, have to wait. you have to wait it through. You have to wait it through. Right? And it wasn't because I gave and, and then demanded God to give me something in return. Right. Now, does he do that? Yeah. His promises are part. Your giving comes with a promise. But if that is your motive, you've missed it. You missed it if that's your motive. The day that I changed that in my heart and said, Lord, I give to you my tithe and my offering, and whatever you ask of me, I'll lay it down at your altar, and I don't expect anything in return, even though you said you would. My heart changed, and the Lord began to really, I mean, we were already blessed, and the Lord began to bless us in ways that we could not even have imagined. If you, this is the worst one. This is the one that I dislike the most. I don't like to use the word hate, so I'm going to say dislike. If you make this donation, God will answer your prayer. Jesus, help us. 
Oh my, how can this even be happening? See, you can't pay for something that was, where's my cross? I'm about to point to my cross and it's gone. You guys took my cross out. My wife took my cross away. Oh, because I need my cross back. All right. Thank you, babe. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't being mean to her. We just, we're just Latinos and we talk to each other this way. But I normally have a cross there. That's why I was pointing. He paid everything on that cross. And now he's going to expect us to pay something to get something from him? Like he needs our money. Right? And that's not faith. Because if I could give something to get what I want, I don't longer need him. If I, if I do this, I get that. No. I expect God, and that's not in a, in a demanding way, I expect God to do what he said he would do. Not because I give. I know of a church that said once, if you give $1,000 to the church today, you can pick three of the hymns for next Sunday. And this middle-aged lady with $1,000 cash came running down the middle aisle, and she says, I'll take him, him, and him. <laughs> That's a yoke. That's a yoke. It's just a yoke. You have to, you have, to have this relief because this mess, you know, when you talk about money, it makes everybody very uncomfortable. And that's not my purpose today. My purpose is to get us in right line with what God really means when he talks about prosperity and giving. The word prosper in Hebrew, it's salak, shalak, like shalak, I guess. It means to be pushed forward, period, to be pushed forward. In Greek, it's eldu. El, el it means to help on the road a prosperous journey or success. You guys ever heard this phrase, God's speed? When somebody's on a journey, you say God's speed. That's what it means. It means help on the road, a prosperous journey, and success. See, you're going to attain things on your own. You're going to go to school. There's, there's certain rules and there's certain things set in place, uh, not just by God, but by our society and our culture, that will allow you to prosper yourself. And you could do that on your own. You really can. And, you know, we like to say that outside of God, these things don't happen. I know a lot of people that don't even have a relationship with God, don't know God, may even be atheists, and they're millionaires. We, we, we could name a couple right now if we wanted to, couldn't we? Because we've heard them speak, and we know that there's very little about God in them, yet they got more money than, you know, than you could think of. So that's, that can't be it. See, the thing about God's prosperity is that it satisfies. You see these people with billions of dollars, multi-billionaires, and we used to say millionaires. Now we have to say billionaires because there's so many of them now, right? Billionaires. And what do they do? Man, if I was at that place, I would sell everything, right, and begin to travel around the world. And you know how many things you, you, could, you could provide water for North Africa, Right? You could do all kinds of stuff and never run out of money from the amount of money these people have. But no, what do they do? They continue to figure out how to what? Make more. How to make. Their whole focus in life is how to make more. Let me tell you something. I've been next to a, a, a deathbed a couple of times already, stood over somebody that I was praying for, and never once have they said, I wish I would have made more money. Never do they say that. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have spent more time with my grandkids. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have gone to church more. I wish I would. Never do they say, I wish I would have made more money. I wish I would have worked harder. So we can't attain things by our own. You can get an education. You can get jobs that pay more money. You can do all these things. But when you get to a place where you know you can't do anymore, Prosperity kicks in because he pushes you forward. You understand? There's times where it, there's been times, and, and it's happened in my life, and I didn't understand this until I started studying it way after it actually happened in my life. Uh, I, I worked for a large cor electronic corporation. I was an electronic engineer for, I don't know, 10 years, 89 to 99. And uh, while I was working for them, 
there was a time where I was a little haughty, cocky, confident. That's a better word. That's a cleaner word. I, <laughs> I was really confident. And, and we were tithers, so I was like, God's going to, you know, and I was really, and God knew, you know, bless your loving heart and your stupid mind. You know, Brother Hagin used to say that, bless your loving heart and your stupid mind. And he would get away with it because he was 80-something years old, been in ministry 60-something years, and you weren't ever going to be mad at this guy. So he would say things like that to the congregation and everything. But I, I sense that the Lord had said that to me after this. But I stood up in a meeting one time, and uh, my nick and don't be offended by this, please. My nickname was Brown Nose in, at work because I did everything that my boss asked me to do. When he asked me to do overtime without getting paid, I raised my hand. You want to put the process book together? You're not going to get paid for it. It's okay, I'll do it. So I was out of the 12 or 13 guys in the room, I was always the one volunteering for all these extra things, right? And, uh, and they picked on me. And then on Fridays, uh, they would go out to this restaurant. It's kind of like a, a Hispanic Hooters. And uh, I don't remember the name of it. Literally, that's what it was. And I wouldn't go. And I was the only one that wouldn't go. And they all got nervous because they all thought that I was going to tell their wives because I was the one that wasn't going. Now, if I went, then they got me and they're like, okay, we're good. But we would go to like uh, company picnics and stuff, and they would not. They would look at me and one. If I went to go say hi to one of their wives, they were all like, "Oh my God, he's going to tell," you know, because they shouldn't have been. I went home to my wife, to my kids, and so oh, we're going to go to this place and say, "I got one of those at home, better than any of those waitresses at that place." I need to go with you guys. So I never did. I always went home on Friday night. And one day, they just picked on me so much, I stood up. I'll never forget, I was in a conference room. You know, they have them big cherry tables with the glass top, and they have all these chairs around it, you know. Looks like a lawyer's conference room. And I stood up, and I put my fist on the table that my boss hadn't come in yet. And I looked out there, and I said, one day, you're all going to work for me. And I sat down. I was, I was angry. A year later, they had a, what's called the VRIF, Voluntary Reduction in Force. And the Lord says, take it. And believe me, we had already planned to, to I was going to retire at 55 and be very well off for a long time with stocks and 401k. And I mean, we had it all figured out, right? We were going to be able to minister and do whatever we want without ever worrying about money. And, uh, uh, and, we, and we're doing that now, by the way. Not because we have a whole bunch of it, but because he does. <laughs> but, you know, about, I took the VRIF and I went to work for an agency that was doing service for the company, for the electronics company. So here I am at this place, and the guy that, that owned it said, we want you to run the whole thing in Miami, and we want you to take over the business. I said, I can do that. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I told him I could. So <laughs> in those, I went to the library. You know, why don't you go to the library? You got Google now. I went to the library and learned how to run a business. I didn't know. I was an electronics engineer. I didn't know administration and, you know, QuickBooks. And I went to the library and learned those things so that I could run the business and be able to write checks for, and do the taxes right and do all that stuff. So anyway, I taught myself and ran this business. And then about six months into it, when I took over the business, they did a RIF. So if it's a VRIF, Voluntary Reduction in Force, what's a RIF? Reduction in Force. And they all got laid off. And guess where they came? Out of the 12 guys in that room, eight of them worked for me. And believe me, it took all the power in the world not to say, I told you so. And I didn't do that because they were going to work for me and I wanted them happy. And I took care of them and took care of their families. And the Lord showed me that I was not a, a company that fixes copiers, but a, a, a ministry that employed people. Amen. If you own a business, think about that. If you could change that mindset, I'm not a, a, a person that owns a company that fixes copiers. What fulfillment is that in there, right? I'm a person that owns a business that employs people. I provide for those families. And I changed my mindset and began to give out. Uh, 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 whenever we profited a lot in the year, we would give out really nice, more than, than the big company would give me. I would give out Christmas checks. And I would, you know, uh, 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 help with positive reinforcement, you know, hand out. We did good this year here. I want to share our profits with you. And, and we had very, very satisfied employees because the Lord blessed us. And we were able to prosper in the midst of what was going on. He pushed me forward. I was not eligible or qualified to do with the things that I did. 
But yet there I was. There were guys in that room that were much more qualified than me. Yet I was their boss. Why? Because I prospered. God pushed me forward. I'm, I'm not even, I haven't even started yet. God will push you forward. You let him. He will push forward your marriage to a place that you could have never taken it. Some, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of you are there going, yes, Lord, I need that right now. He will push your kids to become something that we as parents could not ever have gotten them to. You see, we, what did I do wrong? My kids are doing this. and My kids, oh, I missed it here. I could have done this different. I could have done that differently. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> we were parents and we did everything that we possibly could. And the Lord prospered us and took care of our children. Now, if you know better, you better do better. <laughs> Genesis 26. Finally got to a scripture. Genesis 26, 12 through 13. Then Isaac sowed in the land. Isaac sowed. Isaac sowed. What did Isaac do? He sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Awesome. And the Lord blessed him. Great. The man, Isaac, began began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He did his part. What was his part? He sowed. And then what? He reaped. So he got, well, you know, the, uh, I believe it says, don't be a fool. Anything that a man sows, so he shall also reap. Don't be a fool. Think that whatever, that's good or bad, by the way. Right? So he sowed and he reaped a hundredfold. Wouldn't that have been enough? If he sowed, you know, I always say you can, uh, count, you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Let me say that again. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in the seed. When you sow, you might have the smallest seed ever and put it into the ground, and you might get more apples than anybody else did with a hundred of their seeds. Because you can't count the apples in that seed. So he returned it to him a hundredfold. So he planted these seeds, and let's say he planted 10 seeds, and those 10 seeds gave him 10 uh, 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 times the harvest. So that's 100. He gave him the hundredfold. But he didn't stop there. He says then he prospered, and he prospered, and he prospered even more. He was pushed forward and pushed forward and pushed forward even more. Proverbs 11.10. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. We'll stay away from the second half of that proverb. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. I ask God for permission to be able to say it this way. When the right people have the right things, other people benefit from it. When the right people have the right things, others benefit from it. So we want to say, you know, how blessed am I? I represent God. That's why I have this big house. That's why I have nice cars. That's why, you know, and to be able to represent God better. No, you represent God good and better and properly than if you're satisfied with what you have, no matter whether you're poor or you're rich. Uh, uh, Peter said, I've had everything. I've had plenty and I've had little. Paul said, I've had plenty. I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. We need strength to have money, and we need the strength to be poor. And Paul, and Paul did both. He represented God well during those times. Your new car and your big house and all that does not represent, because others can do that without God. Proverbs eleven twenty five: A generous person will prosper. A generous person will be pushed forward. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. See, it's all about the, right? Giving and receiving. We, we go and we work and we make money and we buy and we sell. We need to change our mentality on, on that. Money and prosperity is not for buying and selling. It's for giving and receiving. Because if you give, right, and you receive, you don't always get, I might plant a seed in the ground here and reap from somebody else's harvest. You don't know how God's going to do that. Now your seed will reap for you, but you know what? That's not just, just yours. That's so that others 
can also be blessed. You cap that off, and what happens? You fill up, and that's it. Remember the man with the storehouse? He had more than he needed. Storehouse was not a problem. The fact that he had more than he needed, and he wanted to build another storehouse, and Jesus says, tomorrow you're coming home with me, buddy. Tomorrow you're going to be dead. What if I give it all away now? <laughs> I don't know. I would have tried negotiating a little bit. Third John 1, 2. Third John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. What? doesn't say your wallet, your bank account. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. What? Health and soul, right? Prosperity is not all about money. It's about your soul, your health, your marriage, your joy. How many of you know if you were given a death sentence and you had millions of dollars in the bank and somebody said, I can give you your healing if you, if you didn't know God and didn't know that he could heal you. you. Anybody that's laying in their deathbed would give up every penny they own for another breath. They would. That's what prosperity is. Biblical prosperity. You're, if you're in your notes, you're going to see a lot of this, so just keep up with me because we're about to turn into high gear here. Having more than you need so you can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. That is biblical prosperity. Having more than you need so you can make a, an eternal difference in the lives of others. God blesses us to be a blessing. Genesis 12.2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. We love doing that. We love just stopping there. Right? Resist the devil and he will flee. No, 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 no. Submit to God. Then resist the devil. I don't like that first part. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. See, God's blessings or prosperity in your life comes with a responsibility. To bless others. That's kingdom living. I need more than I need so I can be a blessing. Next one. When we bless others, God takes care of our needs. I don't want to be financially independent. I want to be dependent upon God. And what do we do? Sometimes we gather and we get. And listen, the, being a good steward of your finances is to have a storehouse. So I'm not saying that, but there's been times in our life where God has shown up where he has said, give your storehouse away. We were just talking about that. Oh, she's back there teaching. We were just uh, visiting uh, uh, Paulita from Bolivia, and she used to live there. We used to go there, and we had this big uh, meeting at, at Rock Church, and we were trying to bring the Quechua Indians out of the mountains that don't even have birth certificates. We're trying to get them passports. Well, all of this costs money, and we had to send money to Bolivia to not only get them passports and birth certificates because they were born in the mountains. They, you know, they didn't even half of them didn't remember what day they were born. So they would get these, so we could bring these Quechua Indians to the United States. That was to visit during a conference that we had here. That was the funnest thing I think I still remember it till today. And Rock Church, we had we were in charge of little groups. So my wife and I speak in Spanish. Now, they, a lot of them spoke Spanish, but a lot of them only spoke Quechua, which is a completely different language. So we would try to communicate, but we were given these little groups to go out shopping. And they said, we're going to give each one of, it was, I don't know how many people there were. I don't remember, but the church gave us $100 for each person. Uh -huh. They had never seen $100 in their life. They go down to the river and get water, and they grow their own weed up there. As you see, the wheat doesn't, doesn't grow very high. It only here you grow wheat like that. There they grow it, and it's about that high, and they have these little sickles. And you have to, because my wife went with the youth, and they harvested their wheat up there. And you have to grab it, and it's just a little thing like that. And they only do it for a certain time of the year because they're in the Andes Mountains, and it's cold. So there was a certain, and they would live up there on just a little bit of, and they, here they are in the United States of America with $100 so some people were like, oh, let's take them to the mall. They'll like the mall. And, and my, wife, my, you know, my wife, having been born and raised in a third world country, and, and us having gone there and come back and seen some of the things and understood the culture, we said, oh, no, we're taking them to the dollar store. 
These people went nuts. <laughs> a dollar? A dollar for this? A dollar for this? I don't even know what this is, but I'm buying this. And that, you know, they just went, they, we get to buy a hundred things in here? They went, they went nuts in that store. And then some of the people that were, you know, we were keeping in touch through phone and finding out, and they said, we're at the mall. I said, at the mall, they're going to buy one or two things. Right? And they don't even need half of the stuff they wanted to buy. So they ended up, a bunch, they started coming over to the dollar store with us, and, and they went shopping. Why did I tell you that? Oh, having more than you need, right? God blesses us to be a blessing. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Emptying the stars. We need to be responsible to bless others. So sometimes the Lord calls us to empty our storehouse, and we did. And we did it without expecting anything in return. And let me tell you something. Our storehouse wasn't filled like that by a miracle. Our storehouse was filled by sweat and blood. We worked hard. We saved. We ate spaghetti more often. We, you know, <laughs> we did whatever we had to do to be able to create this uh, emergency fund. I'll tell you what, Dave Ramsey was very proud of us. He's my uncle. <laughs> he was very proud of us. And then the Lord came down and said, give it away. I'll tell you the truth. I struggled. I wrote a check for half the amount. And then all week long, the Lord would not, the Holy Spirit wouldn't leave me alone. So next Sunday, I wrote the check for the other half. And I'm not going to continue to tell you that because I don't want you to, to get the wrong message there. But we weren't expecting anything in return. And let me tell you, man, what came back was you, you ever, you know, I, sometimes I say, don't expect somebody to knock on your door and hand you a check. That's basically what happened. <laughs> somebody just, it just came, it, we went to the mailbox, I opened it, I opened this, and I said, you know, sometimes it looks like a check, but it's somebody trying to get you to, you know, everybody wants to give you money when you got good credit. So, you know, I was there, and I, I was like, wow, so I opened it up, and it was an actual check that I did not have to pay back, and it was for a lot of money. <laughs> When we bless others, God takes care of our needs, right? The only reason I need more, because I need to give more. I need more than I need so I can be a blessing. See, I don't want to be financially independent. I want to be dependent on God. I don't want to be financially secure. I want God to financially secure me. That's different. That's kingdom mentality. We're called to be a funnel, not a bank. Again, I say this with the assumption that you know how to be a good steward and to save money and to have money in the bank and do all these things. These, I'm not telling you to be foolish. Because one thing is to be foolish, another thing is to have faith. There's almost nothing God wouldn't do for someone with that kind of attitude. If you're a giver, don't worry, man. God's going to take care of you. Luke 18, 29 and 30. I love this. It says, I guarantee this. This is Jesus speaking. I don't know. Whatever he's going to say now, is, it's got to happen because not only did he say it, but he guaranteed it. I guarantee this. Anyone who gives up anything for the kingdom of God will certainly receive many mo times more in this life. Woohoo! We love that. And will receive eternal life in the next world to come. See, the blessing that God has for us because of our giving is not just for us here. That would be so small-minded. We are eternal beings. The time we live here is just a snap of a finger. You could buy the biggest, nicest houses. You can go spend this money, spend that money. You could have the nicest things. You could, you could, I mean, whatever it is, you could have it on this earth. And when you get to heaven, you're going to go, wow, man, that was so, the house I had down there was really cruddy compared to this one. That gold chain I had around my neck, they use it as asphalt here. Sidewalks. The gate I entered through was made out of one pearl. Read it. The gate made of a pearl. Can you imagine the size of that pearl? Seas made of crystal. I wonder what kind of fish are in there. He will bless us here and there. God is, God is saying, if you're going to be a funnel instead of a bank, then I'm going to bless you here and there too. See, I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Yeah. The more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless others. Yeah. Luke 12, 48. It's a responsibility. 
48b, much is required from those to whom much is given, for their responsibility is greater. You know, sometimes you hear, you know, I, I teach tithe here about once a year. Sometimes I go more than a year uh, uh, before I teach it. This is one of those messages that if you teach too much, people start to think that you're trying to get something from them. Listen, I, my trust is not in you. My trust is in him. He called me to do this. So if I put my trust in you, then I'm working for you. I don't work for you. I'm sorry. But I, and I don't even, my confidence is not in what you do. Or you, you give because it's a blessing to you. God takes care of the rest. Now, when you give, does that allow us to be able to do things as a church and keep the AC on and put nice chairs in here and reach our community and buy supplies and do the things that we do around our community? We, got, we just sat down with all our leaders on Friday night and talked about all the outreaches coming up. We're so excited. Everything we do in our community, we do it for free to the community. There's a parade that happens here December 10th, right out here in the road. We set up out there. We give away hot dogs. We give away hot chocolate, donuts, snacks, chips, water, all for free. People come. They want to buy. I said, nope, we don't want your money. We give it away for free. You want prayer? There's free prayer at that little tent over there. You can go over there for that too, right? Salvation, that's free too. It costs somebody else something, but that's free too. We give out hundreds of hot dogs out there for free. We do free market. We do, what was the other thing? Oh, the, the, the Thanksgiving meals. We give all that, turkeys, the whole fix and everything. We give those away for free. That's what the church is responsible to do. It's our responsibility because we're blessed. I don't do it through gritted teeth and, oh, Lord, please, I'm going to do this, but who knows how we're going to pay. No, that's not how I, we don't live that way here. <laughs> Not the God I serve anyway. Much is required if much is given. We are the most blessed nation in the world. Yeah. If your combined household income uh, is between 45, it used to be 40 to 45, now it's 45 to $50,000, uh, which some of you are going, man, I don't know if I could make it on that anymore. Uh, you're in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. That's because of where we live. We turn on our sprinklers to water our grass so it looks nice. And there's people all over the world that uh, go fetch dirty water with a bucket just to have something to drink. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting in an air-conditioned room, comfy chairs, and have a church. Uh, uh, and in other parts of the world, they sit on buckets and sweat. We were talking about that the other day. Uh, the, the church in Bolivia is a very nice church, but it doesn't have central air. It's open air. And it's hot. Not all the time, but sometimes. See, I don't say these things to make you guilty or make you feel guilty. It's to make you responsible. God doesn't want us guilty. He wants us responsible to be good stewards of what he has given. All right, we're going to go through these really fast. I am blessed. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. We need to get the worldly way of prospering out of our minds and our hearts. Because the way that the world prospers, not always, but many times it's wicked. It's not right. Don't do, uh, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, thank you, babe. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do gets put. You can do whatever, you, but you're going you're gonna to get more than what you even expected, more than, you, than we even deserve. Can we say that, right? Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step, stand in the way, and sit in the company of mockers. Can I change that for you real quick? I have a teaching on this. I'm, it's under three full chord uh, series, I believe. And uh, if, if, sit, walk, stand. If you're going to sit, sit at the right hand of the Father. If you're going to walk, walk out His promises. And if you're going to stand, stand on the Word of God. Yeah. Sit, walk, stand. That's a freebie. Whatever they do prospers. I don't like using this term because it sounds kind of old prosperity message. 
But it's the Midas touch. That everything you touch turns to gold. Everything that Why? So that you can have enough to give enough. So whatever they do will be pushed forward. So I am blessed, and we're going to go through these really fast. I am blessed as I put God first. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Number two, as I maintain my integrity. I will be blessed as I maintain my integrity. Everybody does it. Just sign here. Just write this. It's okay. It's how everybody does things nowadays. It's, that's just maintain your integrity. For a small little benefit, you're going to give up your integrity? When we, we bought our house in South Daytona when we moved here to, to, to be a part of Rock Church, we bought it online. Ever buy a house online? We bought a house online. We had somebody here, Pastor Phyllis, went and looked at it for us. He says, yeah, it's clean, it's nice, neighborhood's okay. It's like, okay, that's good enough. It was in our price range. We had everything set up, and we came to the title company to, get the, to sign everything and get the keys. Everything else was done. We were going to sign everything, get the keys, and then go to the house. We hadn't even seen the house yet. My wife cried for two weeks, and then it ended up being a real nice house for us, and, and the Lord really blessed us in it. But it wasn't what she expected. It wasn't what I expected. But the Lord provided. So we went to the title company, and they said, well, we need this letter. I need you to sign this letter. And I was like, okay, because some of the money came from a gift, and some of the money came. So in the letter, it, it, it said something on there that wasn't true. It was a lie. And I said, I can't sign that letter. Oh, it's okay. It'll cause the mortgage to go through. Everybody does it. I don't do it. I'm sorry. Well, if you don't sign this letter, then you got to give $3,000 at the closing right now. We didn't have $3,000. I said, okay. Have a nice day. And we left the title company. They were sitting there in shock that I wouldn't sign this letter. So we started calling around to see if we could find it. We, our our uh, 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 U-Haul truck was a uh, uh, different U-Haul truck. was uh, Penske. Our Penske truck was full of our furniture and everything, and we had no place to go. I had to turn in the truck the next day. So we're looking for something that we could rent right away and get our stuff out of there. you know. And, and uh, so I called Pastor Fred, and I said, hey, I want to do this and do the other. And, and he says, oh, man, come by the church. I said, okay. So we went by the church in our Penske truck. She's driving the little van we used to have. And we pull in. And Pastor Debbie, at the time that was there, she came out with an envelope. And they didn't know what was going on. I just told them I couldn't sign this letter. And she goes, oh, we had this here for you. We were going to give it to you once you arrived. Because for the last couple of weeks, you've been preparing to come here. We consider that part of your job. So we want to pay you a couple of weeks salary as you arrive. I didn't know what that was or how much that was going to add up to. Guess how much it added up to. $3,000. Went back to the title company and said, here's your $3,000. We picked up the keys, we signed everything, we went down to the house, and we lived there for 10 years, almost over, just over 10 years in that house. Why? Because we decided to maintain our integrity. This is so needed in our culture. Right? For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold Woo. from those who walk blameless. is blameless. I'd rather be poor and say that guy is blameless than to be rich and say that guy gave up his integrity. Come on. I'm going to honor God, whatever it takes. I wasn't always here. I was part of that prosperity message too. We went around things and we put it, but we learned and we grew. It's time for the church to grow. I will be blessed as I give intentionally. Our giving should not be done emotionally. Right. It should not be out of guilt or even sympathy. Right. I pray, Lord, that you would always use us to collect from them because they have to give for their own blessing. I pray that they would never feel obligated by any of the words that come out of my mouth. I don't want you ever to feel manipulated by me and my words. That is not our intention ever, ever. We don't, we don't pull the strings of your, uh, of your emotions and your heart and, and try to get you to, oh, I feel bad. Let me No, no. You won't be blessed if you give that way. And we want you blessed. As a pastor, I want you blessed. 
Ever seen the Humane Society commercials? You almost want to write a check right away. And, and if I write a check, can you send me that dog right there? I'll, I'll take that one. Right? That's sympathy. Jesus was moved with compassion. And you know that compassion means you don't always give? What did that pastor just say? Compassion means that you don't always give. Compassion means that when you act out in God's compassion, he leads you through his Holy Spirit to do something. Sometimes you shouldn't do something for somebody. Right? Right? But don't let your emotions come in there and say, pull up to a red line and go, I can't believe it. He's young, he's strong, he's got two arms, two legs. Why isn't he working? I'm not giving him a thing. That's an emotion. Be careful because you may be entertaining angels, it says. Sometimes I'll go buy them. Usually I'll go buy them food. I don't like giving them cash. So, hey, I'll bring you some food. Sometimes they say, I don't want your food. I say, okay. I wish you the best. Let your giving not be emotional of guilt or sympathy. Our giving should be intentional yeah. because we are obedient and understand and believe the concept of sowing and reaping that we can bless others. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, 11. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. <laughs> and your storage, right? Your store of seed. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, occasion and through and through us, your generosity will resort in thanksgiving to God. Not your thanksgiving, but in the ones that you're giving to. Right, right. <laughs> I got to keep going. You, I am blessed, number four, I am blessed as I give genera- generously. Don't be a stingy. If you're going to be a stingy giver, keep it. Generosity is not an amount, but an attitude and a willingness to give. The three mites was more than everyone else had given. And let me tell you what was happening that day in the temple. People were selling their properties. And by the Old uh, 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 Testament, the old law, if you sold a piece of property, you were supposed to take 50% of the profit of that property and give it to the church by law. Remember? They fell dead. Right? Okay, we're going to keep going through there. This is happening during that time. Where people were coming to the to the church and giving these kind of and then this this lady comes in with her three pennies. And Jesus takes the three pennies out of her hands. That's pretty impressive, I think. You see, if he would have been moved by emotions, what would he would have done? Keep that. Come on, it's your last three pennies. But he knew her need to give. Come on. He knew her need to plant those three penny seeds. And he took it from her because it was going to be a blessing to her. And he took it and says, this, she has given more than all of you. These people were selling their properties and bringing half of their riches to the church. She gave more. Three pennies. Why? She gave everything she had. Right? She gave generously. 638, Luke 638, given it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will it be poured into your lap? For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I will be blessed, number five, as I stay dependent on God. We're coming to an end. 1 Timothy 617, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. I could have just read this, right? Which is so uncertain. But to, how do we know? We know it's uncertain, right? Yeah. Come on. One day you're pumping $1.89 a gallon, and, and you know, a year later you're pumping $4 a gallon. Our economy is uncertain. Yeah. And we can blame him and blame the other and blame this person and blame, you know, you can blame whoever you want. Listen, you're still pumping gas. You're still eating. You're still living in a house, right? Come on. You're going to pump it at $1.98, and you're going to pump it at $4. You're not going to stop getting gas, are you? You're just going to complain while you do it, right? <laughs> As I de- I'm dependent on him. My kingdom riches are not pushed here nor there by the economy of this world, right? I operate in a whole different economy. That's a me too moment. Where's Bill? Huh? 
All right, thank you. Command those that are rich in this present world not to be arrogant and to put their hope in the wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope, talked about that last week, put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything, what? For our enjoyment. There's your, your poverty message right out the window. If poverty is holiness, then, you know, no. He blesses you that you could be, right, happy and you can be, enjoy it. How do you enjoy Listen, how do you enjoy it? By giving. Why? It is better to give. Come on, you guys know this stuff than to receive. I have never been more excited and happier and more joyful than to hand somebody something than to have somebody else hand me. Now, I get excited when people give me stuff, so please, my birthday's coming up Friday. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, and I'm one of those that I know you're going to get blessed by giving, so if you go to, if you, by the time you get it halfway out, I'm already taking it from your hand because it's for your good. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, it's a joke no I'm thinking about something that happened on my birthday on a Sunday my birthday fell on a Sunday a few years ago and people were handing me get, uh, 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 birthday cards there it it wasn't a lot of stuff and, and I don't need a, I have everything I could ever need or want I'm telling you that but if the Lord leads you but um, <laughs> I was at the door and they were handing me birthday cards and this one lady came up and said, oh, there's a, a lady that used to come to your church, and she wanted me to give you that, uh, couldn't come today, and wanted me to give you this. I said, oh, okay. So they gave us the card. I went home, and I, I took my nap, you know, after church nap and, and everything else. And I pulled out my, from my thing. Oh, I'm going through and all the nice things people were saying, you know, and everything. I'm just, oh, this is great. So I get that one. I was like, wow, man, this, you know, she knew it was my birthday. She wasn't going to be here, and she was nice enough to go ahead and send me a birthday card with somebody else in the church. So I opened the card, and it says, happy birthday. I'm no longer going to your church. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Who said that? What did he say? That was... But, no, well, you, you don't know her. It was actually a very good birthday present. <laughs> I told you, I got to keep it light because we're talking about money, okay? I'm just kidding. But I remember my birthday getting that card. I'm like, how could you do that? You couldn't have waited? You know, just give me a birthday card and then give me a call? You know, but on the same card, it was like, blessings to you, I'm leaving. But 2 Corinthians 9, 8, I want everyone to please stand to your feet. If you could dim the lights, and I want to speak this over you. This, I could have taken this scripture right at the beginning and preached this only. But I believe that as uh, your pastor and the responsibility to put blessing into your life, I want to speak these words over you and your finances. Now, you notice that I didn't teach on financing and then pick up an offering. We're not doing it. We already did that today. Okay? So I don't want... Uh, there, was, there used to be a saying in our circles that a, a well-fed cow gives more milk. And, and, I, and I agree with that in a way, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want it ever to feel like, well, you know, they always pick up offering before the word. Now they're picking up offering after the word because he's, he's expecting... I don't expect anything. I expect you to take the word and be doers of the word. Right? Right? And I know you will because it's to your benefit, isn't it? Yes. Right? Those who are doers of the world will build their house on the rock, right? So I want to speak this over you, and, uh, and then I want to pray over you and your finances in the midst of where we're at. And I want you to understand that uh, this message was, you can't teach on prosperity without talking about giving. I would do you an injustice if I didn't teach this message from the way that the scriptures teach it, which is from a place of giving. But because it's that, I don't want you ever to feel obligated here. We are not that kind of church. And I will say this, uh, in some of our circles, uh, uh, some of the pastors in our circles say that I am not anointed to teach this message because of the way that I teach it. I don't believe that. They want to come in and teach the message themselves. I said, that's not your job. I'm their pastor. You want to come in and, and preach a message on, on miracles and prosperity, and you want to preach the gospel from the pulpit, if I know you and we're friends and we're in a relationship, you can have the pulpit. If not, I'm not going to let you give my sheep indigestion. It's just not, I'm, I'm protecting you. It's just not going to happen. That's why you only see certain people up here. Pastor Sean, Pastor Fred, 
Mike Williams, people from our congregation that we allowed to preach. We're very careful. So I wanted to, before I read this, I wanted to end by letting you know, this message is about your blessing. It's about what God's asking you to do. So the only thing that you need to do is pray. Lord, Holy Spirit, lead me, direct me. If, I need to, if you're already a tither and you're already giving offering towards the church and you feel like you're fulfilling the, the message that I gave you today and, and you go before God and you feel at peace about it, praise the Lord. Continue to believe for the blessing that's coming into your life because prosperity is operating. You cannot preach prosperity without, right? It's operating in your life if you're already a giver. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that all the promises of God for prosperity for you are going to work if you're not a giver. That's not me. That's just, right? I didn't even even go to Malachi. Some of you who know your your Bible know what I'm talking about, right? I didn't even call you cursed. I didn't do that today because I wanted to to teach you that this is what true biblical prosperity is all about. That the Lord would bless me so that I could be a blessing to others. Amen. Have yeah. faith for that. And prepare yourselves for next week. We're going to have a, uh, we, we don't do it here all the time. I know some churches, they, they have healing lines and they pray over people and lay hands on people every Sunday. If the Lord leads us to do that, we will do that. We believe in that, we will do that. But he doesn't lead us to do that all the time. But I've been preparing and talking to the elders and our, our pastors in our church here. And uh, we are in agreement and believing that next week is going to be a miracle service. Amen. Bring the sick. Bring the oppressed. Bring those that, right, and, and teach them. You teach them that when they get here and they get prayed over and laid hands on, that they will be made whole. Yes. We believe in signs and wonders yes. and miracles. Don't miss next week's message. The Lord's really been, been working in my heart about it, just like he did this one. Are you ready? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able. And God is able. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. See, that's me. That you, that's me. Always, 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 always having all, not just some, but all sufficiency in what? All things that you may have an abundance for every good work. I speak these words over your people this morning, Lord, that they would have all sufficiency And have an abundance for every good work. Thank you, Lord, that if we are conduits of your blessing into others, in that process we get wet. When a pipe delivers water from one place to another, the pipe inside gets wet. Thank you, Lord. We don't cap off our pipe. We continue to be a conduit to your blessings onto this earth. Use us to give. Use us to have an abundance. Use us to prosper. Push us forward, Father, that we may be able to be a blessing to others. Lord, I remember in Acts that as the church was being established, You said that each one provided for those who were in need, and they had all things in common. Help us, Lord, that the church would have all things in common, and that there will never be a need or a want amongst those that are part of your body. I bless them right now in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Amen. Love you guys.
Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.